0: Hello and welcome to Hiring and Retaining Good Workers in a Tough Labor Market, Episode 47 of the American Cornout Podcast. I'm your host and editor of the magazine, Bruce Bags. Today's self-service laundry owners find themselves wrestling with a variety of labor issues, including a historically low unemployment rate and competing businesses in and outside the laundry industry paying higher wages to hourly workers. In a truly competitive job market, a small business's ability to attract and hire workers has never been more vital. Joining me to discuss this topic are two multi-store owners, Jim Radovic. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. And also Tim Gill. Hi, Tim. Good morning, Bruce. As we get started, briefly introduce yourself to our audience and describe your laundry business operation especially in terms of your staffing, how many people you employ, in what capacity, et cetera. Jim, let's start with you.
1: Uh, We have two laundromats, one in Stewart, Florida, and one in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, We've been in business uh, since 2003. I have one manager that goes from one location to the other that basically runs the day-to-day operation. And in Jupiter, we have... uh, four full-time people, two part-time people, and one contractor that supports all of our services. And in Stewart, we have two uh, full-time people, three uh, part-time people. And uh, we do pickup and delivery and ironing in Jupiter only. And we do regular uh, coin laundry and uh, uh, wash and fold in both locations. So that's kind of, uh, in a nutshell, what we do uh, with our two laundries. And my son and I are partners in it, and uh, I do most of the book work, and he
0: does most of the heavy lifting, so to speak. All right. Thanks, Jim. How about you, Tim?
2: Well, that's uh, great to hear he's got his son involved. I have my son involved as well. So I have uh, four locations, uh, two in Florida and two in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, So they're very similar in the way we run them. Uh, All the locations are a card and app store only. We do no coins. We have uh, four, for the most part, four full-time and two part-time at each location. Um, They range in 3,500 square feet to 5,000 square feet. So they're pretty good size operation. Um, My son pretty much oversees the two up in Atlanta and I do the two here in Jacksonville, Florida. I started uh, 14 years, well, The store has been open 14 years, but I started two years prior to doing my research uh, with the Florida Coin Laundry Association and met a lot of mentors and took me two years to pull the trigger. But uh, after two years, I thought, you know, this is going to be a a good uh, third career for me. So I got into it full time 14 years ago and uh, have no regrets.
0: Well, Tim, let's continue. How would you describe the current labor market in your area? Has hiring become a more difficult task in recent years Abs- for you? Yeah,
2: absolutely. You know, even before COVID, it got a little tougher. Uh, I have a Walmart next to the, one of the locations in Jacksonville, and they're very aggressive with their, you know, paying more than minimum wage. So that kind of, I had to up my game a little bit there and start paying more as well. Um, but when that happened, it kind of, uh, it worked in, in my favor a little bit. Um I have a manager in atlanta and a manager in jacksonville that was my first hires and they've been with me ever since so i got 14 years on one and five years on the other one wow, okay. and that's the key is is the manager and i think what people forget is you've got to go back to the key personnel and why does a person ever leave your company or leave another company and the number one reason is not pay. you know we all get all caught up in this pay but it's the value employee the employee must feel valued and when you stop giving them those resources or that support and let them feel like they are a valued employee and they are involved in those decisions then you got bigger problems than trying to hire people because you're going to have constant turnover so i think my number one goal with all of our locations and then i wish my son he's traveling today could been on here as well because he'll reiterate that you know, being second generation, it's kind of been beat in his head that, that, and he understands it from that point, you have to have that employee that's very valued and feels valued and is involved. So therefore it it, it makes it easier to hire some people. Now you're still gonna have turnover, um, you know, cause it's hard to make all the employees, uh, you can't make them all managers, obviously. So, but you start with that and then you, you, you know, you go accordingly, but the market has changed. It is very you know, 14 years ago, you know, when I got in the business, the stock market, number no, 50%, we were in a height of recession and my background was a mortgage banker. So, you know, I went through some tough times on both sides of the coin there with uh, trying to recruit loan officers as well as, you know, my uh, laundromat. So, you know, we had to dig down a little deeper and, and um, come up with some creative things to to get those people on board.
0: How about you, Jim? What do you think? How would you describe the current labor market in your area?
1: the labor market down here is really, is really tough. It it seems to me like everybody either has a job or doesn't want to work for, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Uh, they don't need to, whatever. But it, it's been tough. Uh, luckily, we don't need to hire a lot of people. But interestingly enough, uh, we are going to have to hire somebody today. We had a person today that said, they think that they don't want to work any longer. It's a, an older lady, and uh, she just feels like she doesn't need to work anymore. But uh, we need the effort, so we're going to have to try to figure out how to how to take care of that. But uh, it, it's a tough market, Bruce. It's a tough market.
0: How often do you have to hire to fill? You mentioned, Jim, that you're about to hire someone. Yeah. How often must you hire to fill positions in your laundries?
1: Over the years, we've averaged at least one employee per location a year. And uh, just to hire one person to backfill somebody, it's a tough job, because sometimes you'll have to hire two or three people to do the equivalent of one person when when it's all said and done. Then you've got the training that you have to go through, and that's usually double time because you're gonna be paying someone to train them. So it gets to be uh, difficult. However, uh, we've only been running about one person Per year, per location, and most of those four people that I talked about, the six full timers that we have, have been with us for over ten years now. So the ones that we're filling in are really part time people, and part timers are even harder, I think, to find than full timers.
0: Why do you say it's harder to find part timers?
1: Well, the full full time people are either either looking for a full time job. Or they take a part-time job until they can find a full-time job. I'm with you. Okay. It's very unusual to find someone that's got a full-time job and then wants to work a little more. Uh, this particular person happens to be a part-timer, by the way, uh, that we're looking for. So we're gonna have to find another part-timer.
2: Jim's doing a really good job. <clears throat> I have a little more turnover. Could be the volume size we have, but the the full-time. You know, uh, or part time. It's uh, it's a second job for them, and they're trying to get a side gig or make more money. And they're that's rare out there because when you're looking at unemployment being so low, most of the people have a good job right now. So back when I started, unemployment was eight percent, so they were a little more willing to work and they would stay a lot longer. Uh, so we can go through about I'd say fifteen to twenty employees per location. So we've got a high turnover other than our managers per year. And so they look at the job as, well, I can just go get another job because unemployment's so low. And it, it is a little bit of a bidding war, you know, I've had people leave because they're going to get a little bit more money. Um, and they don't see a manage- management role, you know, within the, within the laundromat. So, you know, um, I, I think the part-time is for me a little easier to fill than the full-time positions, just because the way we're structured.
0: You, you both of you have kind of mentioned um, having to compete or competing against other companies, other businesses uh, on a variety of levels. But how can a laundry compete against especially larger companies like Walmart, like Amazon, who might be competing for the same group of potential employees? What can your laundry or other laundries like yours offer that these other companies may not be able to? Let's start with uh, Tim. Let's start with you.
2: Yeah. So I do have Walmart right next door. So, you know, I had to up the price, you know, as far as that goes. And then I offer uh, insurance. Uh, We pay up 75% of the premium, but most of them are young. So the premium is not that bad. You can get group policies down to three employees, and it's really very inexpensive. And that's something that we offer that Walmart's not big on really until you've been there a long time. So I make it available to them after the first 30 days. Uh, and that's been a little bit of a help with me is to offer the insurance and then the flexibility on the schedules. We try to work with their schedules to make that as flexible as
0: possible. Jim, what do you think? What about competing in your area? Uh, we have the
1: same same issue here. Um, we we pay above minimum wage to begin with. So we are, uh, on a cost point of view, we're competitive with uh, Walmart and and those types of people. The thing that separates, I think, our kind of business, we're a little business and we can change schedules. We can we can allow people to bring their kids in if they have a problem for that day, which you're not going to be able to do at Walmart. So we offer these these things. We also have a little benefit program. We have paid time off depending on how much they work. We have um uh, allow uh, employees to bring in and we pay for their for doing their laundry, for example. Those kinds of things so we we have weekend uh, bonuses uh, for shift weekends. Uh, we have a little Christmas bonus at that time. The biggest thing we can offer them is we can understand what their needs are and take care of those uh, if they can't work their shift today. they might say that can I work a double tomorrow? We're able to do those kind of things as a small business. So it depends on on the uh, feeling of the employee of what they really want to get out of their life. Like I said, we've had these employees for over 10 years now. So, you know, we know them, they know us, they trust us, we trust them. We show them how much uh, they are appreciated and uh, we give them the flexibility to do the things that they need to do to, to handle their own personal situations.
0: Over time, have you felt the need or have you, you know, maybe more than a need, but have you had to adjust your strategy in terms of how you go about hiring and and really retaining job candidates? Have you changed the way you've done things or have you really kind of just maintained your approach all these years?
1: Well, we we have tried to do things through Indeed and through some of these other um, operations to hire people. And we have not had really any success uh, long-term with any of those. What we're really counting on is trying to get our employees to recommend people that they know. Many times we'll try hiring the relatives of our customers. Maybe they're their sons or daughters. We've had a few guys working for us over time. Um, So it's, it's been different. We can't go to Indeed And we can't go to these other places and try to hire people. You know, you'll get 75 resumes. And when you invite 10 of those to apply for the job, uh, to do an interview, you'll find that you're lucky if you get one to show up. So it's uh, we've had to change our strategy. We're now putting signs up on the door and we're leaning really heavily uh, on our employees to uh, to bring us other good workers. Luckily, we haven't had the need for very many. But uh, every one is important. I'm, I'm sure Tim will tell you, if somebody doesn't show up, that's a big problem for somebody else that's already there. We have people that can transfer from one location to another uh, for for a day or two. And, and that seems to be working out well for us. So
2: I agree with Jim there. Jim said a, a lot of great things there on that last segment. And the first is flexibility. You know, I do, you know, I got Walmart right next door and they're not flexible and, and, you know, they can bring their kids in. If a kid's sick and can't go to school, you can't do that with Walmart and they get stuck in one job and one job only. They don't promote from within very rarely. So it's kind of a grind with them. So I've picked off a few of them there, but, you know, Jim said something that really resonates. So what we do is we go with referrals first. So if the employee has a, a relative or whatever, that's always golden, and we pay a bonus if they, if they, you know, go 90 days and we pay them a bonus for that referral, uh, the employee gets a bonus, you know, but the, the whoever they refer, whether it's a relative or a friend, has to last 90 days. Same thing there, customers, you know, we put signs up inside the building and customers and and then walk bys, walk to and from Walmart, they see the sign and they apply. They're far better than anything Indeeds ever offered. I got a husband wife team that were in there doing laundry and you know she wasn't a citizen yet and uh said, so, well let me hire your husband and then we'll work on you know getting you sponsored and and got her citizenship and now they both work for me and they've been there for three years so you know sometimes you gotta look at your customers you know i'm in there all the time and i start talking to them. and you know hey you know who do you need we need, we need some help you know and, and that works really good and of course the walk by with the signs in front of the building and we've done i've got one indeed employee you know that has worked out and jim's right you'll you'll know i make phone calls to about 20 and i only get one return call and maybe one will show for an interview maybe one won't so it's the world we live in i think maybe to collect their unemployment they have to show where they've done so many interviews or something i don't know what the follow-up is on that I, i don't know i know it's not work and my son's done that same thing in atlanta and he's just finally stopped everything with indeed and started concentrating really hard on your employees and customers i think that's where it's at um, and you get you get better quality, too.
0: Tim, can you continue by expanding on the concept of offering something other than higher pay or a bonus to encourage uh, talented workers to stay?
2: Yes. You know, <clears throat> you, I want them involved. So in decision making, you know, if they see something and they can bring it to my attention and probably 90 percent of the time I'm going to let them implement some sort of system or, or problem you know to to uh, alleviate some of the problems or whatever and that's you know works good for my manager why strike fold we do pay a bonus on that so that's extra money so that encourages them on the drop-off service to do a good job they get the tips they get the bonus i pay five percent of whatever their monthly total is so if they did you know two thousand dollars you know they're going to get you know a hundred dollar extra bonus there uh, they really like that you know because it gives them an incentive And I try to tell them, I said, you know, I don't do pickup and delivery like Jim does. I said, no, it's just not my wheelhouse. But if you got, you know, somebody you know, and you can pick it up and bring it in here, you can do it on your ship. So you can make double the money. You you get your own pickup and delivery service doing that. I've got one employee that does a really good job. Shouldn't say this, but he, her husband works for FedEx, so he's going around to all these customers. <laughs> as he's delivering packages. He's picking up, you know, towels and, and all these nail salons. And I'm right. like, well, you know, as long as your employer's cool with that, I'm cool with that. So, you know, that's been a nice little bonus seeing him do that. And I'm like, well, you know, that's a side hustle. Um, I, and uh, I said, make sure you're clear that with your boss. You know, right. I'm getting the revs. Um, but uh, so there are a lot of people out there, and I have several. Uh, that come in there on their own that do commercial accounts you know one lady does sleep apnea you know and she's in there every night because i'm open 24 7 getting all the the bed sheets ready for the next day and she's made a whole business out of it you know she quit her full-time job and that's what she does got another guy that picks up um, gowns for the hospitals you know and he has a contract doing that so i see so much commercial business coming in You know, I I know that got a little bit off subject here, but that's why I encourage my employees. There's other ways to to take this business and make it your own. You know, again, insurance, you know, uh, feeling like they're a very valued employee and then encouraging them to grow, uh, you know, and I think that helps too. And I've I've, I've had a few younger kids go through college, you know, and that's where the flexible schedule. Jim said this earlier. I don't think we talked about it enough. That's very important is the flexibility. There there is no employer out there that's flexible anymore. I mean, none, none, none. You know, they're just they're not. They can't be, they don't have the small business model that laundromat owners have. And they need to take advantage of that and say, listen, here's what we offer. Here's what you know, and you got to be flexible with it. You know, if their kid's sick, you know, they don't they they, they don't want to call out and then go to daycare. They just bring their kid in and you know, he hangs out at the laundromat all day or we'll say you know well we'll we'll give you the second shift or the third shift and, and move people around to accommodate you know we have that flexibility so jim you know he's got two stores so he can bounce them back and forth and we do the same thing um you know if you only got one store it's a little harder but you still got shifts you can move people around on
0: what can happen to a laundry business if the owner and or manager find themselves struggling to hire and keep good workers what can happen
1: i can tell you what we do we end up i end up working a shift that time (laughs) <laughs> um, we also we also have a, several in my family that are, are, are part of the entire process. So my daughter in law will come in and fill in whenever somebody just can't uh, get their shift covered. Going back a little bit, uh, but I think the most important thing that we can do is to show our people that we really trust what they do and understand that we, we don't know everything about washing clothes. Tim and I probably have done our fair share of clothes, but they're really the experts. They, you know, they've done tens of thousands of, of, of laundry. They know what they're doing. So we go and ask them, what can we do to make the business better? How can we make your life better here at our laundromat for you personally? What can we do to make things easier for you? Uh, what kind of supplies do you need? What kind of support do you need? Uh, those are the kind of things that, that I think we need to help them understand uh, how important they are to the business.
0: So let me wrap up. Just uh, We've talked in you know, fairly great detail about hiring and and really retention as well, but any other thoughts you'd care to share with the American CoinOp audience about hiring? Uh, Tim, I'll start with you.
2: Yeah, i mean everybody's uh, situation is a little bit different you know we're 24 hours so that creates a, a third shift that can be a little difficult uh you know i've thought about at times you know maybe staying open and go unattended at night but that just promotes the homeless and in florida that's huge you know i think this sum it all up and, and jim and i are kind of on the same page here it's treating your ones that you have like their family and the flexibility and really taking care of them, you're going to have a little bit of turnover here and there, and you got to minimize that. And then if you can't minimize it, you got to look at yourself and say, what am I doing wrong? You know, what, what what's going on here that my employees want to leave or why I'm always filling this void? Um, you know, and, that, and for me, I do run the three shifts. So um, but we've never had a problem before until just recently, you know, when the unemployment was a little people wanted the jobs, they, there was plenty out there that wanted to work that third shift. So it's gotten a little tighter and a little tougher, but uh, they're still out there. There's still people that prefer to work nights because it works, then they can watch their kids during the day and they can make their their lifestyle work for them. So I've got some really good ones right now. In fact, my third shift's more solid than my second <laughs> shift. Uh, believe it or not, it works better for people. Um, because I can do, you know, two part times on that third shift. So, yeah, constantly uh, be looking for employees, too. That's the other thing. You get customers, you get referrals. You got to be looking at that all the time.
1: I think the, the advice, if anybody wants it, is if you get a good employee, when you finally get them, pay them well and treat them well. Treat them like their are family or better. We really treat our employees like like our family members. You know, they're they're important to us. And uh, I think they feel important. So when you get them, pay them and treat them well.
0: Okay. Well, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, with that, we're going to close the episode. Jim, thank you for being my guest. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. And Tim, you as well. Thanks for joining me.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, it's quite an honor. And uh, I think you your, your, your spot on with your continuing education and the podcast. And uh, really appreciate
0: being on today. Well, thank you. I enjoyed having you both as my guests on the American Coin-Op Podcast. The American Coin-Op Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazines, LLC in Chicago. Music is written by Nazar Ryback and provided by Hook Sounds. Our podcasts are available free at our website, AmericanCoinOp.com. And you can consult The Wire, our weekly e-newsletter, to learn about future episodes. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about the podcasts along with news and information from around the industry. For the American Coinot Podcast, this is Bruce Beggs saying your cycle is up.